Welcome to The Crunch with Crib. I'm Jess, and each episode I'll be talking with some of WA's best real estate agents and business people to find out what makes them tick and what lessons they've learned on their journey to success. Peter Peard started Peard Real Estate in 1997 after a short but successful career in residential and land sales. Since then, he's built a business that spans 12 locations and he's had to consistently review and refine his business model in order to meet the market. Having interviewed two of Peard's top reps, Tash Welburn and Todd Utley last year, it was a pleasure to sit down and talk with Peter and it's really easy to see why his reps are so straightforward and down to earth. And we got some insight into what it takes to run a business that has had such long-term success in such a challenging market. Peter, welcome to The Crunch. Thank Thanks, you so Jess. much. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks, Thanks for, for your time. Me. Very welcome. So the first thing I always ask our guests on The Crunch is what is your background? How did you get to where you are today? So can you give us a brief? Um, I started in about 92 as a rookie for Satterley Real Estate. Mm-hmm. And within about four or five years, I was a um, shareholder in one of the off- one of the Satterley's offices. Okay. It's a quick um, ascent. It was. Yeah. It was. Yeah. Yeah. I had my hands full. Sure. I was selling sure a lot of real estate on. and managing and so on. So yeah, yeah it was it was good fun. Yeah. Um, and then uh, the Saturday group got out of selling residential houses and just focused on their land subdivisions. Okay. So I then went over to Australian selling land for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, spent only about 13 months there. And then I tended to sell a land subdivision in the northern suburbs, won the tender, and I opened up my own agency from there. Okay. And that's uh, back in 97. I wow. started that. Okay. So you started in, in residential, then went to land, and then went back to residential. Correct. Okay. Yes. What, yep. what um, prompted the move back and forth? Uh, it- I, there was a lot more money to be made in land subdivisions land. Yep. and it was a lot easier to, to sell land because you just have one or two vendors, mm-hmm. 20 or 30 or so on. Yeah. Um, and then, so I was focusing on the land, I had a few land subdivisions and I had approached from a few agents that said, I want to come and work for you, yep. selling houses, established houses. Okay. And I said, yeah, well, yeah, come on board, but this is what I pay. You know, I don't want any nonsense like it used yep. to be. Um, <laughs> sort of do it my way or the highway and yeah, yeah they come on board and it just morphed over time I didn't even really try to push it and next yeah. thing I had a lot of agents working for me and and yeah they just got on board and then I started pushing the marketing and everything that we we're now doing and it just grew from there okay so what pushed you to start your own agency to go out on your own oh uh, it was to chase the land subdivisions which yeah. we haven't done a lot of in recent times um yeah it was just doing something different yeah. and then as I said it morphed back into general agency um, I had watched agents for years at you know little corner stores that didn't make any money and the reps always had a gun to the principal's head saying I want more money I want more money or I'm going to leave and yeah. I just it had been going on like that for 20-30 years and I thought this isn't the way to do business so mm-hmm. I had to get scale I had to get big quickly yeah. so I, yeah. I got a lot of reps on board and that then grew from there. Okay. I wanted to ask you about the reps and um, we can come back to it later, but I guess why do you think it was in those early days when you were selling land some divisions but you had agents coming to you that wanted to sell residential, what was it about the way you were operating that made them want to come and work for you? Uh, 
Gee, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> we're having a lot of fun, that's for sure. Um, yeah, I think it's just – I actually was paying a bit more than the average agent back yep. then, so they were attracted by the extra bit of money, but I still left enough because I got scale and I got volume. Mm-hmm. I could still you know, afford to start doing some marketing and things mm-hmm. like that. And we had low overheads back then, um, and obviously, obviously business grows, the overheads have gone up. significantly as they do yep (laughs) so tell me about the growth then what's been the strategy behind behind the growth of because you're now at 12 locations yep um so you know and you said you were kind of looking to scale pretty early on yes what was behind that um well, once I, I sort of found that I had 20 or 30 reps and I thought well I'm in it now (laughs) so (laughs) I gotta keep from the one location uh, yeah, had about 20, 25 from one location. Okay. And then we opened up another office further up north and that went really well. And it just, yeah, I just thought, well, actually this is going really well. And yeah. And making good money and having a lot of fun and um, we're selling a lot of properties and we're starting to win a lot of awards and it just sort of, yeah, started to get exciting. So we yeah. started to grow as a good market um, and then we started building the rent roll and that added a lot of asset and equity to the business. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Tell me about um, the brand, I guess the peered brand. How how did you define it early days? How did you want to be perceived in the market and how has it changed? Um, And I guess both internally, that, you know, recruiting side that we were talking about and also by the market. Yep. Um, Yeah, once I realised that we had to you know, scale up and get more reps and more offices. We started spending more on marketing, like the, you know, more very dominant, the football and telethon, you know, we donate, you know, generously every year to, to, to those um, to those charities. And we did a lot of other charity work back then as well. Um, so that really got the brand out there. That mm-hmm. We were a good community, you know, group and community based and all those sorts of things. So that generated a lot of business for us. Yeah. It worked really, really well. Mm-hmm. Um, it then attracted more, you know, externally, then it started attracting more reps mm-hmm. as well because they could see what we're doing, they want to be part of it. You know, we're getting more phone in appraisals than the average agent, so they're getting more leads and yeah. things like that. So, and then internally, we we're doing, you know, um, uh, new systems and really supporting the reps with, you know, more marketing and, um, as I call it, you know, listing tools, you know, magazines and social media and yeah. e-focus and we're always sort of, I think, ahead of the curve in WA for those sorts of things yeah, and definitely. that attracted the reps because they could see a lot of things we we're doing when they went and did an appraisal. They had so many tools in their toolkit and all the little one percenters that added up for them that helped them get business. Mm-hmm. It still and does today. Yeah, I was going to say that's something obviously that you're still really focused on because yeah, you mentioned oh, social media, you're one of the first bigger yep. offices to offer that internally for your reps and yep. all of those things are still... You know, yeah, we got you know, we, we, until recently we had three, and now got two marketing girls in our department, which yeah. is probably unheard of. You know, yeah. for a, a, a sole operator to be doing that. So yeah, so. and they work like absolute troopers. Yes, so. they do. Brilliant. <laughs> Been with us a long time. Shout out to the girls. Thank, thanks, Daya and Claire. A brilliant job. <laughs> so obviously the last. Um, the last 10 years have been pretty tough and it yep. sounds like, you know, you're talking about early days of peer that really harks back to a very different time in real estate, yep. I guess. Um, how have you changed your, your strategy and how have you kind of stayed afloat in, in the last, you know, especially recently we've seen lots of closing and yep. emerging of offices. So how have you done things differently? Um, well, when you say 10 years, it's been 
you know, property values haven't really done anything for 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and in fact, we probably all should have rented for the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Would have been cheaper. Yeah. Um, and we've seen no growth in our property. So from that point of view, yeah, right. But I'm not saying everyone to go rent now because it's probably about to turn and we'll yeah. make some money. Um, and that's traditionally how people build their wealth is through their properties. So, um, yeah, we've... As far as that goes, yeah, it's been a tough 10 years. The, but the sales volume has really been probably problematic for the last three years mm-hmm. where I don't know the exact stats but you know there's upwards of eight or nine hundred sales a, a week in in Perth and you know it's now down at four fifty five hundred so it's pretty bad you know yeah. it's 40 percent drop yeah so we've just dealt with that by scaling down we've unfortunately we had to make redundancies and mm-hmm. let people go and our rep numbers have dropped mainly you know getting out of the industry they just yeah. can't afford to hang in there um so our staff numbers dropped so that's dropped our payroll down mm-hmm. um we had a lot of secondary stores in the suburbs where we were full so and now we've been able to scale down less staff so we've got less space so we dropped off a lot of leases yeah um so that's been a big help um, we've had to make some chops in all areas, marketing, you know, yeah. um, not giving pay rises, which is problematic across WA. You yeah. know, we're not immune to that. So we've, yeah, just chop, chop, chop. Yeah. And um, you try not to make it a detriment of your reps. You don't want the reps to even know that's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, they know it's happening behind the scenes, but as long as it doesn't bother, it doesn't affect them, they don't really worry about it too much. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, just... Just uh, getting lean and mean, I suppose. Yeah. Yes. I assume, what was your, um, with the minimum wage coming in and, and that being something that, you know, I guess in the last couple of years, that coupled with the lower sales volume, I assume, would, would have made quite a big impact as well. Is that something that you thought was a positive for the industry, will be a positive in the future? Yeah, well, no one likes to leave, lose revenue and we're probably, you know, we've probably had, 20 or 30 reps or 20 that were under that threshold that mm-hmm. you know, I'd say half have already left and gone off to work for someone else that thinks going to turn a blind eye to it and possibly they will which is not fair but that's you know uh, that's the way it happens I suppose um, and then the other 10 yeah we're just we're training them now to really step it up and some have stepped up which mm-hmm. has been great for everyone um, yeah. so we're hoping yeah that we can keep keep those guys on board and as I said they have stepped up quite a few of them have been in the industry a long long time and really successful salespeople in, yeah you know 10 years ago and now they're just coasting which yeah not, so they Happens. should be yeah um so I've just said I'm listening you just need to step up a little bit towards you where you were before mm-hmm. 10 years ago and you'll be fine because they yeah. don't want to get out of the industry they love it so yeah so, yeah, you try and look after people like that. Absolutely. So I also wanted to chat about, obviously, you know, lots of these conversations focus on sales, but property management is such an important part of the business. You mentioned bringing in, bringing in the rent roll and bringing in that asset. Yep. Um, and I understand that you've recently restructured your property management department. Yes. Yep. So I wanted to ask about how that fits into your business structure now. Um, well, the business model was always where we'd, We'd, each office was owned by its own Pryach Limited, and we'd have various shareholders in that Pryach mm-hmm. Limited. Peers would always own 50, at least fifty-one percent of it, and just recently we've rolled it into one business. So we've got okay. one sales division and one rent roll. So the costs we get rid of all those company ASIC expenses mm-hmm. and bank fees and you know all sorts of things. And instead of having you know twelve managers, we're now only got 
I think eight or nine. Okay. Um, so and and there's a lot more synergies in there now, and through you know software, there's huge savings in the rent roll. So mm-hmm. we've got I think 30, 31 properties, thirty one hundred properties under management, which is probably you know, third or fourth biggest rent roll in the country. So. Yeah. So your managers are based in different locations, but it's all centrally like there's well, a central system. Well, we're bringing system. it in at the moment to yeah. less locations. So yeah. we're instead of running a rent roll from every shop we might run three or four you know mm-hmm. from from the shops and have them more centralized working together okay um, and more streamlined so and how that, long have you been working on that change that's got a fairly big uh it was supposed to only take change. six months it was taking about two years <laughs> <laughs> probably 70 percent there um, okay. there's all been sorts of you know tax issues to deal with and swapping companies and all that so yeah yeah it's been um a bit of a bit of a headache but we we're getting on top of it and it's and it's working we're already seeing some big savings on our payroll now yeah. which has been significant so and was it received well by your shareholders and the people in you know what the internal yeah. staff yeah I, I i thought there'd be a lot more um pushback but no it's been actually been really good i was in one of the offices yesterday and and uh we've just merged two of the property managements together or two or three of them and all the girls are now working together instead of separately and yeah they're all enjoying it yeah so yeah it's excellent yeah it is it yeah. is back on to your agents um because i wanted to ask about your reps because there seems to be you know you have a fairly large cohort of reps who've mm. been with you for a really long mm. time and there's a real sense of loyalty to you and to the brand um and especially in in a time now where lots of people you know it's tough so people are moving around and looking for you know yep. another option what do you think it is about your business and and you that kind of gets that loyalty um well a lot of it's to do with the culture you know yeah. we you know once again we're cutting on costs but you know we used to have the best parties and yeah. trips to la and all sorts of things going on yeah um but um still you know still have our parties and that but not as big as and grand as what they were <laughs> um we used to give away cars and all sorts of stuff but um yeah I, you know, I, I think it's a bit corny to say it's like a family but it in some ways it's sort of is that yeah. you know we, we help out our reps a lot and you know if they're in a bit of a pickle a bit of a bind we step up and help them out you know whether it's financially or you know going through a separation or ill or whatever so yeah. um we've always prided ourselves on looking after our people and you know i'm always the phone you know pick up the phone and talk to me whenever you want mm-hmm. um so yeah, I think that's, you know, kept them there, kept the loyalty. They appreciate, you know, you're always going to get the old one that will let you down. You do a lot for them and they let you down. But nine times out of ten, they, they repay it back in spades. So, yeah. yeah Sounds like good. it's a, a, a large business that's got the feeling of a small business, I guess. Yeah, it's still pretty ter- personalised. Ter- yeah. yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. It's, um, and then, you, you know, now I've got a situation where reps are moving around a lot. There's, you know, huge packages being thrown at people and, you know, I used to always bag those organisations out that they won't last. And I've been, till recently, I've probably been correct because yeah. they, they try and offer all the bells and whistles that the likes of we do and mm-hmm. they want to pay all the reps all the money and then they just they, they go broke. You know, yeah. they literally go broke. So, yeah. And then they'll go do property management at stupid fees and the rent roll's worthless because they're not getting proper fees and all those sorts of things. So, mm-hmm. But with the new, you know, there's a new wave of agencies coming through that, you know, got single offices and, and the reps can work so efficiently now mm-hmm. remotely, you know, from their phones and yeah. laptops and do it from the comfort of their own lounge and things like that. So, you know, maybe that model's there to stay. So that's what we're, we're 
looking at now how do we you know combat that and yeah. i've got to change my middle mo- my business model i changed it 20 odd years ago i yeah. now got to change it again and it's you know, probably feeling a little bit like a swan taxi driver at the moment yeah. going uber will go away they'll go away and i'll give you someone a free bottle of water and be all good but no it doesn't quite work that way so i've got to evolve to Stay agile and yeah, and yeah. match what they're doing, and you know, try not make it at the expense of the brand and the culture yeah. and all those sorts of things. And there is a risk of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but the you know, self-sufficient reps, the motivated ones, will will definitely keep going, and yeah. they you know, can possibly make more money out of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. On the on the changes in the industry, I guess, and and the way technology is disrupting, and the, the smaller operators coming in, you know, there is a lot of change happening. What are your What are your thoughts on the next few years and the way the industry is going to go? Or do you, you know, do you think the likes of you know the purple bricks and that kind of model is sustainable, or are there any trends that you kind of see emerging that? Oh, I think the you know the trends towards paying the reps more and that possibly, as I said before, is here to stay. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it's been operating like that in America for a long time. You know, yeah. you get one one office that employs 300 reps, yeah. you know, and it seems to work. So mm-hmm. maybe it works here, mm-hmm. um, and that's what I'm exploring at the moment. Yeah. Your purple bricks, no, it'll never work. Yeah. It's never going to work, and, you know, they're just torching money. The... The difference here is that in, in Australia, you got compared to the UK, the UK is more like a clerical type mm-hmm. role. You know, yeah. it's not salesy as much as it is here. So you need to look after your top reps. So there's no way a top rep of mine that's earning 300 grand a year selling, you know, 50 odd properties a year is going to go work for the lights purple brick for three grand yeah. a property. A property. So yeah. the, 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 the consumer's not getting good quality people working probably lovely people but not good good you know good mm-hmm. sales people working for them um and they can't attract good people so yeah i didn't think the model would ever work maybe i'll eat humble pie one day but you know <laughs> looking at their losses yeah and the people they're employing i, I just don't think it can, can work it. and it, it works fine in the uk mm-hmm. um they've got big market share but it's yeah it's a different ball game yeah, yeah okay what about the way um the expectation of consumers so you just mentioned one one thing you know that the expectation here is that people want to be looked after is there any other i guess changes that you've noticed over the past few years in terms of what your buyers and sellers are expecting from their reps oh i think it's same from you as a brand anyone now they're you know we're all more demanding and we want things quicker and it yeah. doesn't speed's not quick enough and the phone doesn't work quick enough and all the rest of it so yeah. you know if i go back you know i won't bore you with the detail but you know when i first started you'd list a house and it took a week to get the photography through to put mm-hmm. in the window and the magazines and you know so you'd say to a client you know your house will be live in about 10 days time yeah because you know, it took every time to get everything done whereas now it's just bang 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 yeah and they're whinging if it's not on the internet in <laughs> two hours you know so yeah and they're ringing up screaming at you guys and so on and so on so yeah um yeah, everyone's just more demanding. Everyone mm-hmm. wants things now and instant gratification and yeah. blah, blah, blah. So, Absolutely. Yeah, so, yeah, the consumers, are both buyers and sellers, are more demanding. But, you know, is that a bad thing? I don't, not necessarily. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we can move a lot quicker now. Yeah, I guess it's easier to be. Fingertips. Yeah, yeah, easier to be available and on call. Yeah, which, maybe too much. You maybe, know, we're all yeah. answering emails at 10 o'clock at night and we really shouldn't be. But, yeah. you know, you don't get a break from it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just constant. So Yeah. 
people have an expectation that you're going to be there. Yes. So. And I even notice that now with you bank managers and professional people that would normally not take a call after five o'clock and, you know, they'll respond to your emails and text at 10 or 11 o'clock at night. So. Well, I guess there's so many people that, you know, if the they business. don't respond, someone else will. That's right. So they have to be yep. um, on call. Yep. Um, what do you look for when you're hiring your internal staff? Because they're so important to your business. We mentioned your marketing team who, you know, do such a great job. Mm. What are you looking for in your, in your sales and your, in, or in your administration staff, I guess? Or even in your sales guys um, as well? Well, the success of the business is, well, the backbone of the business is, is your, your salespeople. If you haven't got salespeople, you haven't got commission. If you haven't got commission, you, you can't pay your staff. So, mm -hmm. And I know a few of the staff get a bit bent about that, but that's the, re <laughs> that's the reality, reality of it. You know? yeah. So they say, oh, why is that rep earning 300 grand a year? So Because he gives up his weekends and he's in people's houses at 8 o'clock at night. Do you want to do that? Oh, yeah. no, I don't want to do it. Well, <laughs> you're not going to make 300 grand a year. Though, so, um, But what do we look for? Yeah, we, um, um, you know, our, our staff are excellent and, and some of them have been there for you know, 15, 20 years, and they're, they're superb. So um, I guess, I, you know, just look for a good work ethic and mm -hmm. go the extra mile. You know, they have to put reps up there, number one, because they're the ones that bring home the bacon, mm -hmm. and the ones that do that will go the extra mile for the reps, and reps aren't perfect. Some of them are a bit quite demanding and unreasonable. Mm -hmm. um, so we try and knock that out of them. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, just people with good work ethic and, and yeah. enjoy working for us and like the brand and like what we do. And, you know, I'm out handing out awards to a couple of our mint people at the moment and, yeah. you know, they like that sort of thing. And um, Yeah, we look after them really well. Mm -hmm. what, what you, what's your time spent doing these days? What's your main focus on within the business? Obviously, there's lots of moving parts. Uh, Mainly business development, I suppose, you know, um, talking to reps about coming on board and mm -hmm. talking to reps about staying on board. Yeah. Um, so you're very uh, much still involved in the people aspect of, of the business then? Yeah, not as much as I used to be, but I, I, I'm still there. Yeah, yeah. Just a phone call away. Yeah. Um, but a lot of my, yeah, is my strategy is on, you know, changing the business model mm -hmm. to, to, you know, keep the reps happy Yeah. and, and, and me happy. Um financing the business, growing the rent roll, rent roll acquisitions. Um, yeah, just yeah, just basically business development mm -hmm. is, is most of my day now. Yeah. yeah. When you started Peered Out all those years ago, what are some of the, the main values that you've kind of always built your business on or, or done, you know, stuck by through your career? Uh, oh, you know, having a, a good work ethic, mm -hmm. you know, looking – you know, really looking after your clients. You know, yeah. we've got very much a, a checkbook mentality. If we, if we muck up, we'll write our check and pay for it and, mm -hmm. and apologise and admit fault. Fortunately, you know, it doesn't happen too often, but yeah. when it does, we, we nip it in the bud and, and most clients stay loyal and, and really appreciate you doing that and not trying to hide. And a lot of agents try and duck and dive and squirm out of the issue. Yeah. We, we just hit it, you know, you know head on and mm -hmm. uh, sort it out. So, yeah, the clients... Coming first, making sure that we look after their, you know, in property management, look after their asset properly. And you don't always get it right. No one does. But mm -hmm. overall, we do. Yeah. And we, you know, we pride ourselves on getting them. At the moment, we're pushing the rents back up because the rents are on the increase yeah. after a few years of decline. So, you know, we're talking to our property managers all the time. Get If you can get the rent up, get it up for the client because they'll, they'll love you for it. And, you know, yeah. we obviously get paid more to do that because we're making more money on commissions and so mm -hmm. on. So... Um, yeah, ethics, culture, 
you know, treating people right, you yeah. know, treating people the way they, you know, way you'd like to be treated. Mm-hmm. What's been your toughest time in in business? Now. Now? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Just because Darkest of the changes. Darkest before dawn, or... they say, don't they? <laughs> That's a nice way to look at yeah. it. <laughs> I, hope I, I hope I'm right. Yeah. Is that internally because you are going through so many changes? Is that the industry as a whole? Is it a combination? Uh, it's not, Well, it's our. It's not just our industry. It's every industry. Yeah. You know, I, I don't think there's anyone making money in Perth at the moment, and if they tell you they are, they're probably bullshitting to you. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it's a really, really, really tough, tough time. Mm-hmm. You, you know, there's people's businesses have declined 30 40 percent you know in revenue i I talk to mates that have been in business 15 years longer than me and they're normally fairly smug and quite upbeat and they're even going oh wow this is real time yeah okay so yeah well established business people so it's just waiting for that dawn yep (laughs) yep and you know it's there's a lot of good things happening across the state with the mining sector so a lot of positive stories coming out as i said rents are starting to go up again um, people are getting employed, starting to see some wage increases, and you know, up north they're earning some of the some of the uh, tradies and that are earning more than what they were in the last boom. So, yeah, right. So that'll filter through to property. Yeah. In the next twelve months. Absolutely. What are some of the biggest lessons you've learned in in your time, whether it's in the last three years or over the last, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, I guess, you know, you know, you always assume that things are going to get better and, you know, I've always operated on, you know, you have a downturn and it'll last three to six months and you go, well, we're over that and we're back off again and I just assume that's going to happen again. Yeah. And it didn't happen in the Perth market. It, it's just been a decline for the last yeah. few years. So you've always thought, oh, we're at the bottom, we're at the bottom, we're at the bottom, and it, and it just hasn't been, you know. And I've never seen it like that before. Yeah. And that's where I talk to older guys who said, I've never seen it so bad in 35 years of yeah. business. You know, so I just assumed that it would get better, and it hasn't. So never assume, I suppose. Never assume. <laughs> um, and my final question for you is, uh, what, what would be your message to someone just getting started out in the industry? Uh, as a rookie? As a rookie. Or maybe yep. as a rookie. Um, yeah, as a rookie who's yeah. looking to... Probably not too much has changed. You know, it's the same advice you would have given 20 years ago. You know, yeah. make, make sure you've got a bit of money behind you because mm-hmm. um, it can be a pretty tough journey. Yeah. Um, and you've got to give up your weekends. You know, you just have to. And yeah. the amount of rookies that say that to and then I hear they're not working the weekend. I say, why aren't you... It's that show time. It's mm-hmm. when you suit up. Yeah. It's when you're out there, it's when you work. I don't care what you do on during the week for a couple of days, mm-hmm. but you must be out there on the weekend because that's when the public are out there. Yeah. And I, I'm always shocked at how many new reps I see doing half home half hour home homes. I think I used to do two hours. If we didn't have any listings, I'd do two or three. You know, yeah. two hours. You know, because yeah. that's where you meet people. That's, yeah. You know, that's that's your shop front. Yeah. So yeah, they got to put in. The hours. Put in the hours. Um, consider what job you you know you're giving up. I've, I've had people come in and say oh, I'm giving up a job at a quarter of a million dollars a year. I say, well, I wouldn't be rushing to do that. Yeah. Because it'll take you a long time to get to that level mm-hmm. of income. Um, what is it about real estate that attracts someone like that? Is it the the thought that they can manage their own time, or you know that the their income is uncapped? I guess if they work yeah. hard. Yeah, yeah, and we got reps earning six hundred grand a year. Yeah. You know? So. Um, yeah, I think it's a combination thing. It's 
perceived to be quite a glamorous job because you get a nice car and a suit and all the rest of yeah. it. Um, but quite often the guys on those or the ladies on those incomes are maybe coming out of the mining sector that don't want to be fly in, fly out yeah. anymore. Yeah. And we've got a couple of those people who have been successful and they're probably up around that level now, but it's taken them four or five years to mm. get there. But they've known that and, and haven't been delusional about it and yeah. gradually got there. But they wanted their time with their family and not mm-hmm. have to fly or a career change, just yeah. a simple career change. Yeah. Um, There's very few jobs where you could walk straight into that kind of salary anyway, I guess. Like you always, if you're going to oh, change industries, that's your as, stuff at the bottom. As I always say to my top reps, you know, to earn, you know, three to six hundred grand a year, yeah. I don't know any other sales job that you can do that. And maybe you can do it in new housing or something like that. But most sales jobs, you don't earn that sort of money. And no. if you want to earn that sort of money, you've got to go out and buy a business for two or three million bucks yeah and you'll make yourself hopefully 600 but you could also go broke yeah so <laughs> it's a big risk <laughs> it's a big risk whereas at least with real estate you, you you're just getting your two odd percent yeah you take your clip and you get your you get your percentage of that mm-hmm. um but there's really no risk other than your time and a mobile phone in the car mm-hmm. and it's it's a great industry like that so you yeah. can make a lot of money with with no risk i mean i take the risk because i've got to pay the advertising and you know all the overheads and things like that, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, it's 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 a great business. It is a great business for for reps. Yeah, and you still love it. Yeah, absolutely. Good, good, good. Yep. Well, look, Pete, that is all the questions I have for you. Okay. It's been great to have you on. We've had Thanks, yes. we've had Todd Utley, we've had Tash Wellburn, yes, and now I've we've got the boss. Those. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for okay. your time. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers. That's it for this episode. We'd love any feedback or guest suggestions, so hit me up on Instagram on Jess at Crib. And if you enjoyed the show, don't forget to subscribe and be sure to tell a friend.